to The Hop with Gabe and Steven. This is the Craft Beer Podcast where we make craft beer fun, informative, and entertaining each and every week, except for this week when there is, in fact, no craft beer on The Hop. My name is Steven Humes here with Gabriel Apria. How the hell are we doing? No craft beer? Why the hell wouldn't we have craft beer, Steven? Because uh, we're going to do something a little different, switch things up, and we're going to have some margaritas. Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> we're going to the beach, and uh, because, because, because why not? Uh, you know, we've talked about doing this in the past, and we both love margaritas very much. Uh, we talked about a few weeks ago that it's America's number one cocktail, and we thought, you know what? Let's switch it up. Let's let's see what the margarita has uh, to offer the hop. This is a big, big episode for us. We're very excited. Uh, we're doing things very, very differently. We are celebrating Cinco de Mayo in style. So we're very excited. Thank you for joining us. If you came for craft beer, the door is right to your left. <laughs> if you want to stay for margaritas and tequila and a little bit of mezcal, then we're your guys. Strap in, sit up. Grab a drink and let's get to it. We are so excited. Thank you for joining us. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Drinco. You know, uh, yes, we've that's done... what that, I, I pronounced it wrong. It's actually Cinco de Drinco. That's Thank how you. they, that's how you authentically pronounce it in uh, Mexico. Cinco de Mayo. We've done several of these episodes, three to be exact. Our first year, we did uh, craft beer direct out of Mexico. Our second year, we did the Travis Scott-owned Cacti Agave yeah. Agave Hard Seltzer. Yeah, that was a swingo and a misso. Uh, that was no <laughs> point. And it has since been discontinued. Yeah. So sorry the about world that, agreed. but Travis, Travis Scott ain't worried about it, and neither is anyone else because no one drank it. And now we're here to just, you know, switch it up and go with our favorite Mexican drink. What is Cinco de Mayo? We say it every time. You know, it's just really an excuse for American people to, like, have margaritas more than anything. It's not Mexican Independence Day. It had to do with a battle. There were people fighting. We don't really know. Doesn't matter. My friend from Mexico says they, like, don't celebrate it at all. So. I Can I just <laughs> say, I think this is this is our third Cinco de Mayo episode, right? Uh, the third one we've recorded, yes. I think this is the third year, the third time <laughs> we've done it, where the explanation has been you straight up saying... I don't know. There was a battle. <laughs> no one cares. We're just going to drink. And it's perfect every single time. Well, I'm sure somebody cared sometime. But my, <laughs> my highlight is if you think it's Mexican Independence Day, it's not. You're wrong. No. And the only people that really celebrate it are Americans. And it's just for us dumbass Americans who don't know anything about Mexico, really, to just just grab some tequila. So that's what we're going to do. Amen. So uh, we're not doing shots this this year either because uh, we have a whole lot of tequila in front of us and we don't want to die tonight. But yeah, we, by, by, by the time we get to last call, we'll be like, all right, so this <laughs> guy walked up like it will just be bad. So but we do have news and notes. We have plenty of uh, tequila based drinks in front of us. We have plenty of tequila information to impart. So we got a jam packed episode. Let's let's kick the fiesta off. Uh, and we say it every week. But if you uh don't already, please follow the show at the HO Podcast on the Instagram and the Twitter. Follow, like, review, all of those things. Tell your friends, tell your family. That's the best way to get the word out about the show. We appreciate it. Uh, should we just dive into the news? I mean, we have tequila to drink, so yeah. 
Beer News. All right. There was some union drama at Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. The uh, the employees at Anchor Brewing, Anchor, you know, we've had them on the show, Anchor Steam, uh, San Francisco's company, they are basically trying to negotiate a new contract. Talks have stalled. We don't really have an update as to where that's at. Just a note that they could be heading for a strike seems to be uh, all the rage in the world at the moment. So hopefully they uh, they sort that out. But just putting it on your radar that there could be a strike in place happening at Anchor. And super briefly, we wanted to touch on the whole Bud Light drama because we've been ignoring it intentionally so but uh felt like we should weigh in bud light this week uh placed two of their marketing executives on leave if you're not familiar with this story long story short for i think it was for the super bowl bud light partnered with dylan mulvaney who is an actor and also a trans activist and dylan posted they made a special can for them uh and now there's a bunch of backlash against Bud Light from people that are uh, bigots. And the reason we haven't talked about it on the show is because we hate Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. But we also hate bigots, so it's hard to figure out what side of this I stand on other than standing with Dylan Mulvaney. Hmm. So it was a weird story at first because Bud Light... I was kind of on Bud Light's side, but then Bud Light handled the backlash terribly and did what Bud Light does, which is uh, suck as a brand company and uh, also a beer, which tastes like piss, human piss. So um, I don't really know what else to say about that other than that they they placed two of their marketing executives on leave. Bud Light claimed it was uh, their choice, which is has been debunked. It's not true. Bud Light should have done what Bud Light should have done, in my opinion, is come out and just stood with Dylan Mulvaney. And they didn't do that. Instead, they released a ad that's basically a big America circle jerk. And they have basically said nothing uh, about this um, because they're losing sales because of their idiot beer drinker fans like Kid Rock. So this was a spe- so it's actually it was actually for March Madness. Um, so sports, but Maybe. this was a special can that was, from what I understand, not released to the public just for Dylan. And it was because they, they had the collaboration and Dylan reached a certain amount of followers and Bud Light was basically just giving them a trophy that said, Hey, we're going to put your face on a can. This is for you. We're not selling it, but this is for you. Enjoy. Dylan made a video, and now everyone is, like, losing their shit. Let's be real. I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter if it was a public selling can or not. The point is, why do you care? It's a can for for someone specific. And, yeah, Bud Light, defend your decision. You made a special can for one person, and they made a video about it. And now you've got all these idiots running around. Act, I'll never drink Anheuser-Busch products again. Are we literally living in a world where we're we're throwing, like, you know, it's tough, like you said, because we don't, we're not, we don't really want you to drink Bud Light, but we don't want you to not drink it because of this. 
This is a stupid reason. We don't drink it because we don't like it because the ingredients suck and we like better beer. But if you're not drinking Bud Light because of this, you have issues. You have problems. You shouldn't be listening to us. Yeah. No way. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just noise. And that's why we're not paying a whole lot of attention to it. But I think the TLDR of this this uh, story is the people that are boycotting Bud Light are cruel monsters. And we do not agree with the premise. And yeah. also Bud Light's whole handling of this entire situation is also terrible. Yeah. So the only person that that we really stand with in all this is Dylan Mulvaney. And to that, I say, Dylan, drink better beer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a company out there that'll put your face on a craft beer. <laughs> that'll be really good. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. And as Steven mentioned, we just didn't want to talk about it because we didn't want to give Bud Light their moment to shine. We we, we didn't want to talk about like, either side because it's just it's yeah. just it's just bullshit. But as a podcast that talks about beer, it had to be addressed. And so don't drink Bud Light. Hey, Bud Light, clean it up, clean it up. Uh, moving on to better news, the Brewers Association did what they do every year. They released their top 50 U.S. craft breweries by volume. It's part of an annual report report uh, on production volume. Some highlights from that report, they did report that the total United States operating brewery count was up from 2021. In 2021, it was 9,384. It's, uh, at the end of 2022, it was 9,709, so that's good. Throughout the year, 549 new brewery op- new breweries opened and 319 of them closed. So if you're bad at math... To think, we only played that funeral music 319 <laughs> times. If you're bad mm. at math, that is a net positive. That means more breweries <laughs> opened than closed, which is good news. They did... So along with this comes comes two lists of sort of top 50 lists. You get a top 50 producing craft breweries and then top 50 overall brewing companies. The overall list is kind of not as interesting because, of course, the top of it is like Anheuser-Busch, Molson Coors, Constellation, Heineken, Diageo, etc. But the craft list is definitely always interesting to us, and plenty of breweries from our show have been on it, including uh, Trogues coming in at number 25. You've got uh, Artisanal Brewing Ventures, which includes Six Point and um, Southern Tier, that came in at number six. Yeah, the Duvel Mortgott Collective, which we do love. That's Firestone Walker, Oma Gang, and Boulevard. They came in at number four. Sierra Nevada at number three. Boston Brewing uh, Beer Company at number two. DG Yangling and Sons always makes the top of the craft beer list. <laughs> Canarchy, uh, Brooklyn Brewery, Deschutes, on and on. Athletic Brewing out of Connecticut continues to make moves. Was the number 13 craft brewery by volume last year. Wow. which is impressive. So uh, it's interesting if you want to check it out, brewersassociation.org. Always uh, fun to read these facts and see if your favorite local brewery made the list. Pizza Port. They were on there. All right. And to wrap up the news and notes, Cape May Brewing went fly fishing. They are acquiring Flying Fish Brewing, uh, our old friend of the show, Kate May, they are a dope, dope New Jersey brewery. They are one of the many positives of going to that state, <laughs> unless you got family there. 
Um, but they are acquiring Flying Fish. Flying Fish is one of, if not the oldest brewery in New Jersey. Cape May is one of the biggest, one of the bests. Uh, we've had their beer. I've been to the brewery. I continue to have their beer all the time. It is so good. They have an anniversary ale that will literally knock your socks off. Um, the CEO of Cape May, Ryan Krill, said the brand will continue to live on. Flying Fish's 20-person staff will join them uh, for more than 130 people. And this move will make Cape May Brewing the undisputed largest brewery in New Jersey. Give me a hell yeah. Well done. Well earned. I'm glad that Flying Fish is staying on. Never had their beer. Very interested to try. Uh, Cape May is just a run-of-the-mill great brewery. They have off some beers. They have a great space. They're all about community uh, and the great state of New Jersey. You can get it pretty much anywhere. Uh, financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. We don't know how much money they paid. Uh, but the move is in line with a bunch of mer mergers that we've seen. Uh, so if we have any more details later, we will let you know. Because we want to know how much money they paid. Yeah, it's it's definitely a trend where we're seeing uh, sort of middling breweries getting scooped up by slightly larger breweries and sort of middle tier breweries combining to form big breweries. So uh, it's something we definitely have seen a lot of. We'll continue to see, uh, like you said, Flying Fish Brewing isn't going anywhere. Their employees aren't going anywhere. They're just going to be under the ownership of Cape May Brewing. Uh, yeah, if they're staying on, it's like... Obviously, if they acquire, they can do whatever they want. But if they're keeping it, it's just another episode we could have, <laughs> selfishly. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Senior Humes. Oh, there it is. I propose this toast. Let's hear it. If it this, is this in Spanish? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I thought about playing different music, just given what it is. But whatever, we're in it now. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake, all of those tourists covered with oil, strumming my sixth string on my front porch swing, smell those shrimp, they're beginning to boil. I blew out my flip-flop, stepped on a pop-top, cut my heel, had to cruise on back home. But there's booze in the blender, and soon it will render that frozen concoction that helps me hang on. Do you know where I am yet, Gabe, or are you still lost in the woods? I, I I can see it and I can taste it, but I can't think of it yet. But I'm right. I'm like I hear it. It's the mute. It's the toast music. But I hear it and I'm like, oh, this is familiar. All right, bringing it home. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. There we are. Searching for my lost shaker of salt. Some people claim that there's a woman to blame, but I know it's my own damn fault. Arriba, abajo, al centro, pa dentro. Salud. That's yeah. it. Cinco to Drinko. Yeah. Yeah. The set, the, by line two, I was like, oh, I know this. Act like you know <laughs> it. Act like you know it. And then he called me out. But whatever. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Margaritaville. That's where we're going. Um, that is the perfect toast for Cinco de Mayo. It's like, like Mexican music, American lyrics. It's just a mishmash <laughs> of what are we doing here? Let's drink about it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
So we chose to handle this in different ways. So we basically are drinking margaritas. Gabe has one uh, other cocktail, but we are... I'm going to do a flight of margaritas. Gabe has two different whiskey-based cocktails. Sorry, tequila-based cocktails. Uh, and we're just going to see where that journey takes us. So just a brief sort of tequila overview, because we don't... Uh, you Let's know, we're, learn! <laughs> we're beer people, but but just so you, you know, yeah. get into the world we're going. Mezcal is defined as a distilled alcoholic beverage made from any type of agave. Tequila is defined as a distilled beverage made from the blue agave plant, primarily in the area surrounding the city of Tequila, Mexico. In other words, all tequila is mezcal. Not all mezcal is tequila. It's smoky as hell, and it's just so delicious, it puts hair on your chest. Yeah, mezcal is, I like to think of it, mezcal is to tequila as scotch is to whiskey. It definitely is smokier. It has a signature smoky flavor. The reason it has that is because it comes from, they they take the agave plant and they roast it in a fire pit, like an actual covered Mm. pit filled with firewood. So that smokiness gets in there. Whereas with tequila, they tend to do the roasting of the plant in an oven now. And so it's less smoky but the world of mezcal is vast and large you can go down find all different kinds of mezcals with all different kinds of notes whatever you're into it is my favorite by far i like i said on earlier episodes i'm the big smoke guy smokiness that's my flavor i don't know why i just gravitate toward it spoiler alert my drinks are made with a specific type of mezcal which is why we need to educate you people on it so with that said, before we even get into the other types of tequila, why don't you just take your mezcal and run with it since hey, we're on the subject? Freaking men. Yes. So the mezcal that I have chosen to use is the Lobos 1707. I almost said 1717. Lobos 1707 brand. It is a tequila brand that uh, is kind of gained a lot of popularity lately. Uh, now that the NBA playoffs are on, I'll explain why later. I have their mezcal. They have four different spirits, uh, all different tequilas. They are tequila-based through and through. And I grabbed their mezcal because I really wanted it. I love basketball. This is basically me in a glass. And so here we are. For those of you on YouTube, I have made a margarita. Uh, you can't see, but this glass has my name on it. Ooh, I'm pretty. classy. Uh, this, I have the classic salt rim. I have the classic lime wedge. Uh, I've got a specific, very specific type of margarita. I found a couple different recipes. I went with kind of a smattering of a bunch, but at the, the base is what I got from the New York Times. Uh, they had their own kind of margarita come out, and it was mezcal and reposado tequila so i have two tequilas in this uh i did about one three quarters uh an ounce of the lobos mezcal uh about three quarters of the don sergio reposado 
I've got Saint Germain in here, not Contro, not uh, any sort of like that. I've got Saint Germain. Uh, Steven's a big fan of that spirit. Classic lime juice. I've got my salt rim and the kicker. I put in a little bit of hot sauce. This is called the Bee Sting. It is the pineapple guava chili sauce. It is known as a Latino slash Asian influenced fruity, spicy, and a bit sweet and moderately hot chili sauce. I did a dash of this. I figured why the F not? Let's get weird and let's get crazy and let's get into this margarita. I love it. Uh, we're going to be drinking a lot of different types of margaritas today, but essentially the margarita is a a cocktail that at its core is tequila, lime juice, and triple sec. But within that world, you can branch off into all different types of things. It's a, mar- a cocktail that I think dates back to like the 1930s or 40s or so. The origins of it are disputed. But it is one of the most classic cocktails. Obviously, we've talked about it's America's favorite cocktail. And as Gabe just proved, you can take that base recipe or whatever, the base of of what you would find in a quote unquote cocktail book and just kind of go nuts. Um, And he he did right there. He doesn't have triple second there. He has St. Germain, like all different kinds of ways you can switch it up. So um it's just very versatile and fun. And ultimately the the take home with margaritas is like, get the spirits to your house, play around with it and find something that works for you. Cause there's so many different ways you could go with it. It is exper- It is the experimental drink. You can do whatever you want. You can add ice. You cannot add ice salt rim. I've seen sugar. I've seen uh, spicy salt. I've seen everything lime wedge, orange peel, whatever the F you want to do. So, I already started drinking it. Normally, we'd smell, we'd do this, we'd do that, but uh, we have yeah. a lot to do, all intents and purposes, whatever. On the SRM chart, no. <laughs> no. On the SRM chart, it's a negative seven. Um, it's easy, it, it's it's kind of easy to drink, which makes me really scared. <laughs> um, not easy to drink, but it's not as like, Oh man, like it's very, very smooth. I think I did a really good job. I added in just the right amount of lime juice. Um, the dash of hot sauce, I think gave it some fun, sweet flavor. I'm really, it's not like hot. I'm not like, oh man, it's like burning my throat, but it is very smoky. It is very sweet. It is, I I think I'm tasting the St. Germain a little bit. Um, St. Germain is an elderflower liqueur. Um, it's a little on the sweeter side. It's great for cocktails. I guess it's also great for drinking straight up with ice. I haven't done it, but other people have. Um, but this is sweet and smoky and salty and limey and delicious. And I'm very, very happy I got the Lobos tequila. Um, so let's talk about it. So the Lobos tequila is 100% agave. It is 42% ABV, which means it's 84 proof, aka this shit is strong. It's tequila. We're all aware of this. Uh, this mezcal is created from Espadin agave, which uh, the reason why it's in the this black bottle is because this special mezcal thrives with dark volcanic soil. So they put it in a dark bottle to kind of represent that. Every bottle that Lobos makes, they have a Blanco, they have an Anejo, you know, every type of tequila they have, they bottle it and make the color of the bottle specific to what the drink is, which is really great. 
Lobos Tequila, for the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. The brand is named after the Spanish word for wolves, which makes sense. Uh, Diego Osorio is the founder. Uh, he His great-great-grandfather learned about tequila, transported it in sherry wine barrels to Spain. He discovered, holy crap, that did something good to it. Uh, so they decided to make a tequila like uh, any other, unlike any other. Uh, they honor the rich tradition. It's passed down many, many generations. Um, the design, like I said, of every bottle are very specific to the elements. Um, the Osorio coat of arms composed of wolves, the Estion animal and the agave wind rose compass representing an adventurous spirit and honoring the brand's Spanish and Mexican heritage. On the back of the bottle, you can see a little compass. It all connects. So uh, the plant that you were talking about, the Espadin agave, I just wanted to flag that that's kind of what I was talking about at the top, where agave is a plant that comes in a bunch of different varietals. So mezcal can be made from Espadin, which it is, which tends to produce, you know, if you're sipping on it, which a lot of these, you know, a lot of the whiskeys we're drinking today People that are real whiskey or tequila people, I keep calling we are it whiskey. Tequila. <laughs> I, I gotta stop doing that. People We're that so are real, used to it. People, yeah, people that are real tequila people will just pour it over the rocks or just straight and sip it. And so that's where you get the notes. And so the Espadin tends to be tropical in flavor. It comes from the uh, volcano, like Gabe said, but it has these like tropical notes. Whereas other varieties like Largo is another one. And that one produces sort of a more savory and more vegetal flavor. Kind of, they say it's like green peppers. These are the subtle, subtle differences that uh, real tequila people can pull out. And then the blue agave varietal, that's where all the, what we know as tequila comes from. So uh, just wanted to flag that, that Gabe's is more of the uh, tropical one that he's drinking now, which pairs well with the hot sauce that you said has some, did you say guava or peach? You said some kind of something. Pineapple guava chili sauce. Del- delightful. Love it. It's called bee sting and it puts hair on your chest. Um, okay, so I want to run through this because Steven's got a lot to do. So I want to very quickly talk about the team and then i want to talk about what other spirits they have i will go quick here's why i can't wait to mention this man diego osorio family uh guy uh great great grandfather was mentioned earlier he is an actor and documentarian he is the founder and chief creative officer of the company he is the descendant of the legacy and the driving force behind the recreation of the original recipe dia sims a fearless leader and entrepreneurial business icon. She is an advocate for creating more opportunities for women and people of color at every table. She is uh, the COO, I believe. Uh, She is a true motivator and outside of the, the brand, she is inspiring all to work passionately towards success. She works with other brands. She is a badass. Now, here goes the NBA influence. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I picked it. I'm a big NBA fan, and here we go. As y'all know, may or may not know, LeBron James. You know, he's good at basketball or whatever. He is a shareholder. Uh, he invested in the company, and he got his fellow teammate, Anthony Davis, and longtime friend slash rival, Draymond Green, to also invest in the company. They are all big supporters. They're in all the commercials. 
Uh, if you see, if you saw the last time the Warriors won a championship, it was last year. Draymond Green was on the big parade with a giant bottle of Lobos just getting hammered. He was getting after it as he should have been. Anthony Davis was as... Exclamation point! I thought I was going to let you talk about the NBA and not play Michael. Good call because I was just going to keep on... We got to get Michael involved in this. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're big supporters of it. They're big believers. Other investors, Arnold Schwarzenegger... Uh, Rich Paul, who is the head of Clutch Sports and is also LeBron James's agent, and Maverick Carter, who is a sports marketer. Uh, he can be seen on the barbershop, the, the HBO show, where it's like him, LeBron, a bunch of other oh, sports yeah. celebrities. They're sitting around talking about life and yeah. whatnot. I find it fascinating. He is also a, uh investor in the company. A quote by LeBron says, Lobos 1707 is about celebrating the strength of the group and bringing people together. It's about shared passion and values. I love sipping, sipping tequila with my friends, and we want a brand that speaks to us. It's all about inviting. It's all about invitation. It's all about who you know, apparently. But um, it is a good tequila so far. I'm big fan of the Mezcal. I do want to try it straight up. Um just because right now, this is the first time I've had it, and it's in a margarita. Very smoky, very delicious. They have four tequilas. I've heard they're great. Draymond Green likes to sip on the Reposado. I think LeBron does as well. So if you want to play as well as an NBA basketball player, you will sip on this tequila. Sip tequila. Like yeah, that's the only thing you have to do. Um, but this is my version of the Lobos Mex Mezcal Margarita. It is delicious. I'm going to sip it while Steven goes on a flight. All right. So I need to, first of all, I need to make a retraction with you people. I need to rescind my words from the past because in the past I have been on the record saying that if you're making a margarita, there's absolutely no reason to do it with any tequila other than the Blanco because these other ones are more expensive and you're not going to taste the tequila anyway. So why would you put that in a margarita? I have to be very honest with you. I've been making Añejo margaritas a lot lately, and they're really, really good. And I take it back. Uh, the kind of tequila matters because the thing is, if you make a margarita the way I like margaritas, then there's really not a lot in the way of the tequila. So the tequila, the flavor of the tequila does shine through. So what I'm going to do today is I have a flight of three different margaritas that are all made the wow. same except that they have three different types of tequila in them. And I'm just going to see what, if anything, is different, better, worse, whatever, between them. So, Steven went to the liquor store and said, give me everything. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm working with a ratio of two to one to a half. So I have uh, one, I have, I have two parts tequila in every drink, I have one part fresh lime juice in every drink and then a half a part of triple sec and a half a part of what I call something else. In my case, it is it can be anything. It can be a ginger liqueur. I like that very much. Uh, Canton's is a really good one. There's a bunch of other ones. I have a what did I just get? It was like a it's like a smoky pear liqueur that I haven't even tried out yet. I, St. Germain's is another one that's an elderflower liqueur. Right now, I'm really, really big on this chili liqueur that I have. Uh, it's very, very good. They have two versions, a regular and a verde. 
Um, and I'm going with the Verde. So all of these margaritas have a half part of green chili liqueur in them as well. Wow. Yeah, that's where you get, that's where the creativity comes in. That's where, you know, you get to switch those up. If you uh, have triple sec and you swap it out with another, you know, something peach or pear or what have you, that's where you can kind of mango, you know, you can get crazy with those liqueurs and that's where you can make different flavors in your margarita or just like cut the triple sec part in half to half the triple sec because triple sec is, is an orange liqueur. And that can also be Cointreau, which is actually my favorite thing to use lately, mm. uh, or Graminier. So any kind of orange liqueur in that world works. So my first one is What's going to be... What tequila are you sipping on, bud? Well, I was going to get to that. I'm primarily oh, okay, sipping on... sorry. Go ahead. I'm, <laughs> I'm primarily sipping on Grand Coromino more later. The first one actually doesn't have Grand Coromino in it, though, because they only have two tequilas and I have them both. But this one is a Reposado. They don't oh, make great. a Reposado. Okay. So tequila wise, a Blanco is how tequila begins. That's your silver. It's generally unaged. It's clear in appearance. It will rest in a barrel for a brief period of time. Then the next step up is you get Reposado. Reposado is what we know of as the, has a slightly gold character. It's aged in oak barrels for usually two months to 12 months. And the reason it has that slightly darker color is because of the aging in the oak barrels. So uh, that's, that's my margarita number one. Uh, and I'm just going, it's Patron Reposado if anybody's wondering. Um, but I'm just Classic. gonna Classic. take a sip as this, the other thing about a margarita is they do not have a long shelf life. Once you pour that over ice, it's immediately evolving and changing and the ice is melting and things are, so I feel rushed to like start, start dumping it down the gullet. Cause I already see it sort of evolving in the glass. So here we go. My favorite part about this whole th- flight thing is he's got three like rocks glasses that seem to be full of those things. So Steven's going to be feeling some type of way <laughs> later. I can't wait for that. In fairness, they're very small rocks glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you better, you better get a friend over there. <laughs> ask some neighbors. Y'all, y'all want some drinks? Because I need some help. The beauty of the simplicity of this recipe is that the tequila really shines through um with the you know the reason i like cointreau is because i find cointreau it does have an it's a orange liqueur but it's a little bit sweeter and also has a little bit more something sort of earthy or vegetal that i think really complements both the agave plant and this uh chili liqueur that i'm talking about um, which is it's Ancho Reyes. If you're curious, that's that's the name I, of it. Ancho Reyes. And I was, yeah, I was curious. It's very like I bought it on a whim and I threw it in a margarita and I love a spicy marg. But man, oh, man, is it very good in a margarita, especially the verde because it's green. And again, it just it, the vegetal quality just really helps. Um, I didn't rim any of these glasses because I'm lazy uh, and <laughs> it would have taken forever. But I, I do wish I had that kick of salt, but the, the margarita is just so good. And, and the flavor, again, of the tequila really shines through. So I think the Reposado makes it good, but I'll be interested to see how it compares to the other versions uh, that I'm about to do from Grand Coromino. So Grand Coromino is Kevin Hart's tequila. And 
I'm a big fan. I got to be honest. It's really good. Uh, and so I was excited to get the bottle. I was excited to get another type of it and just basically sample everything they have to offer. This tequila brand was first introduced about a year ago in May of 2022. Kevin Hart partnered with a guy named Juan Domingo Beckman. He's an 11th generation tequila maker from down in Mexico. And uh, K Hart wanted to make a tequila. So why not? And they started with the Cristalino. And then they released the Añejo, which is excellent. So I'll get into like what what makes those spirits unique. But uh, we like Kevin Hart here on, on the hop. Oh, yeah. Big Kevin Hart fans. He is very funny. But another thing that I love about him is he is just like a, just an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial badass. Like he does so much. He's got his comedy. He's got his movies. He's got a podcast. He's got tequila. He's got like he's in business. Like he just does so, so much. It's like actually kind of crazy. But um, yeah, his the bottles of this tequila are very impressive. It looks like a $300 bottle, to be honest. I don't know if that's accurate. It's it not quite, but it's it's on the pr- some of them are on the pricier side. I wish yeah. I, I should have brought the bottles in here and I didn't They're but they're really cool. They're like this twisted bottle. The yeah. neck looks like it's been twisted. And so it's got a very distinct, unique shape. Uh, and they have two expressions of it, the Cristalino and the Añejo. So I'm going to get to the Cristalino next. So. Cristalino is a very interesting tequila type because it's relatively new. It was recently recognized as an official type of tequila. It is an aged tequila. It can be a reposado, an añejo, an extra añejo, whatever. But then they filter it through charcoal. So that is intended to enhance certain flavor notes. But the look of it is crystal clear. It looks like a Blanco. So you're actually getting the flavors of a slightly sweeter Reposado Añejo and Extra Añejo with the look of a Blanco. So it's very interesting. And that's what's in this margarita here. Again, two parts Cristalino, one part fresh lime juice, half a part Ancho Reyes Verde, half a part Cointro. Here we go. Steven makes a good marg. I, I will say that. I will give him his credit. He's uh he's the guy at the party that like everyone's like, yo, can you make me the drink? And he's like by the bar for half the night, just just shiki 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 shiki. Just making truly, up drinks. It's truly where I want to be at the party, honestly. I want to be <laughs> behind the bar. It's how I like it. Yeah. This margarita is interesting. Um it, because it is, it's like color-wise, it's very hard to see these on on Zoom, uh, if you're on YouTube, but they're very similar. The Reposado mm. here and the Cristalino here, color-wise, they look very similar. They have this sort of pale green, uh, yellowish color to them. But the Cristalino is undeniably sweeter, and it's a different brand, so this isn't exactly scientific, but we're not scientists. Um, not, not yet, anyway. But it's sweeter, and I think it's just furthering my uh updated hypothesis that the tequila in the margarita does matter um and i i like it better than the repo by itself i like the slight sweetness that the cristalino brings i also think maybe it's just a better brand grand coromino um they their 
Cristalino, they age in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels for a little bit from Napa to uh, just finish it and just to add a little sweetness again to the their expression of the Cristalino. So you have to... Mm. <laughs> You have to be careful with Cristalino because it's a newer style and you could be getting just like a Blanco or something or like or they could filter it and filter all the flavors out. But if you get somebody who knows what they're doing, like this brand does, uh, then you're getting an enhanced tequila expression, which I think is really good. Um, All of my margaritas are sweetened with agave. I do not believe at all in adding sugar to <laughs> margaritas. And that's my like one rule. I think like at the end of this episode, if you walk away with nothing else, like realize the margarita can be whatever you want it to be. It's basically a tequila drink with some like orange in it. Um, the only thing I would not ever recommend is that you add sugar to it. There's no yeah. reason. Most margaritas need to be sweetened a little bit because lime juice is very bitter. Um, but do it with agave. It's natural, it's organic, and it's what's in the tequila that you're drinking. So just right. put a little bit of agave in there, a little, little bit. And I stayed away from all syrups with mine just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to sugar it up. But yeah, it, don't, don't do the simple, do that with other drinks, but don't do it with this. There's just no, there's just no reason. But if you, this is why, like, honestly, I just stopped ordering margaritas out in the world for the most part, unless I find one that I really like, because they almost always have what they call a sour mix. And that is lime juice mixed with a simple syrup. So they add sugar to it. This is going to make your drink really sweet. It's going to hide the flavor of the tequila. Often they're giving you bad tequila anyway. Uh, And then it's going to give you a raging hangover. So none of these are good things. And uh, if you're going to spend 12 to 15 to, if you're in New York, 25 bucks on a margarita out in the world. Try 45. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I mean, not literally, but Jesus is so expensive. Uh, But other than that, yeah, I I mean, agave is is always the way to go. Make your margaritas at home, people. It's very easy and it's always better. Oh, yeah. For sure. I had a great time making this. It was I, I had the towel over my shoulder. I was cutting up limes. I Wolfgang was like, pucking it. Yeah, I was like, where's my bar? It was great. All right. I have one more and it's the Añejo version. So uh, here it is in the glass. It's very hard to tell on YouTube. I, I'll put oh, that side by side. No, that's different. That's, it's darker. That's a, yeah, that, that's there's definitely a, disti- a differentiation between the two. The, the two types of tequila that we haven't talked about are Añejo and Extra Añejo. Añejo is aged in oak barrels for about one to three years, and then Extra Añejo is three plus years. So what this does is it adds more and more color. It makes it more dark. It's great for sipping tequila because it becomes more like whiskey. It's just like it adds darker, earthier flavors. They're often aged in whiskey barrels. So uh, that's where the darkness comes from, but it adds beautiful notes, bourbon, vanilla, all these different kinds of things, you know, caramel, whatever. It mm. may be, it's all different depending on what it is. Grand Coromino specifically, their Añejo was a newer addition to the party. They started with the Cristalino and then did the Añejo. And the Añejo, they start with a, an Añejo and then they blend it with another Añejo that they age in ex-cognac barrels. So the original Añejo is aged in American and French oak barrels then wow. they blend it with an Añejo 
that's aged in cognac barrels, so it gives it more smoothness. Wow. Um, okay, Kevin. Kevin, science. So, Kevin drinks out of a solo cup when he does stand up. I can only, I, I never know what it is because it's in a solo cup. Is he good? I mean, I assume you'd be sipping on this now, right? I don't know. The last time I saw Kevin doing something live, it was New Year's Eve, and he was like on CNN in Vegas, and he just had Grand Coromino bottles lined up next to him. He was just, it was just a a CNN Grand Coromino commercial. is beautiful. I just want to tell everyone and you and the folks at home, I am covered in salt. This was a you miss, it? miss. <laughs> no, I didn't spill anything. It falls off. It just falls off, and I have. I'm just covered. I'm. I'm a little salty, but uh, I don't care because this is a special episode. So we're supposed to get wild, right, Stephen? That's right. Yay! The <laughs> 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 uh, this is my favorite one for sure. I kind of knew it nice. would be. I yeah. I really like this. Um, the Añejo just brings it brings the sweetness, but it also brings this like darker uh kind of characteristic that's like it is like a caramel um it's like a dark uh yeah something or butterscotch or something there's there's notes that this is a really flavorful añejo tequila it's very good i think that it gets these like celebrity owned brands can get pretty gimmicky and i think this is just a really good one um and i would talk about it more if i if i could i don't have a whole lot of time but check them out. They're Grand Coromino. Um, they have all kinds of stuff. They're they have a, they're big on giving back. Every purchase goes a uh, uh, one dollar of every bottle purchase goes to several um, organizations that they partner with to give back to uh, you know young entrepreneurs and uh, small businesses. And a large part of that is either black owned or Latino owned or women owned or some combination thereof. So. It's uh, you're doing good when you buy it. It's uh, great, and it comes the the añejo comes in a giant fancy metal box and makes you feel really fancy. Um, There's a reason anything with the title añejo is going to cost you a little bit more, not because of the box, because it tastes better and it's just marketed that way. But yeah, well, and because it's the añejo, I'm like, mm, we're spending a pretty penny. And because of the aging process and the fact that it 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 did age for so long, and extra añejo in that case, you know that tequila has been in the works for three plus years. It's you know it does cost more because there's a lot of love that went into it. But you're gonna yeah. it's gonna deliver on flavor. It's really really good. The only other kind of tequila we haven't talked about is gold. Um, gold is bullshit. Um, <laughs> so so there is actually a category called Hoven. J-O-V-E-N. Hoven actually is, it's basically a Blanco that has something, a Repo and Añejo and Extra Añejo, whatever it is, blended into it. So that gives it the darker color. So it Mm. actually is a category and it kind of can be like a hybrid similar to the Cristalino. Gold tequila is not. So you need to look at what you're buying for example, Jose Cuervo Gold, I actually yeah, think is I'm a bl- just about to say it. <laughs> no, I, I actually think they are a silver tequila, a blanco tequila blended with like some reposado. I think that's what they are. They're oh, okay. What All you're right. looking for is 100% agave. Sousa, yes. however, Sousa oh. Gold 
Yeah, I know. Those motherfuckers, it's like 51% agave and 49% like sugar cane or something like that. Oh, God. That's, that's hangover waiting to happen. Yeah, no, no bueno. That's the type of tequila, like, I feel like for me, tequila is a drink that makes me happy and makes me want to dance. That salsa tequila, that's the type of drink that makes you make bad decisions. Like, you're like, I'm going to climb this building. And all your friends are like, you moron. No, get in the Uber and go home. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, you know, that's, it's cheap for a reason. Yeah, um, exactly. Just, just make sure it's 100% agave. That's all. Uh, All right. Well, I've got one more drink, believe it or not. Do it up. And I'm going to just take the reins here. So here's what happened. We made the plan. Margaritas. Great. I'll make my version. You make your version. (laughs) Steven said he was going to have a flight and I got jealous. So I decided (laughs) at the last second to make a second drink. And this was uh, just a, a take on a Manhattan. I'm a big Manhattan fan. I love old fashions. I love Manhattan's big bourbon whiskey guy. So this is the take on it. This is the Lobos Mezcal Manhattan. I don't know how this is going to go, but who cares? Uh, This is, I think I did two ounces Lobos Mezcal, uh, one ounce Vermouth Berto. I did a dash of Angostura bitters. Uh, I did two orange peels and a cherry for garnish. This is what it looks like in the glass. It is classy. It is elegant. It should be delicious. We'll see. This was another recipe I found. Uh, Apparently, you can substitute many spirits for many different things. Um, I saw, I I believe at one point in my life, I did have a Mezcal Old Fashioned, and it was killer. I was like, yes, please, every single day. But uh, for these purposes, I've got the uh, Lobos Mezcal Manhattan, and uh, this, this, falls kind of on the SRM beer chart list because it's like amber colored. So whatever nice and dark. score you want to give that, but whatever, here we go. Yeah. Get creative with it. You know, if you like a Paloma, switch that up, add some mezcal to it or whatever. If you like uh, old fashions, you can do a tequila old fashioned. You can do tequila is so versatile. It can be so many things. It's truly one of it. I mean, tequila and whiskey are my favorite spirits. Hands down. The battle between them is pretty uh, tight, but it's just, there's, you can do so much with this that you can't do with something like vodka, you know? So it's really, uh, a vibrant and beautiful spirit that can go a lot of places, even a Manhattan. You didn't think it could, but it could work. So this one's a little, this, this is good. This one's a little less smoky. And I think it's just because of the vermouth and the bitters and just like the, the orange peel and the cherry. I will say this. It's good. I think I think I needed to add a little less vermouth. Instead of one ounce, I probably should have done three-fourths. Um, just because it's... I feel like I'm tasting equal parts mezcal and vermouth when it should be a little more to a little less. So, But that's on me. That's not the drink. That's my making of it. Um but it's interesting. It's fun. It's got the smoky texture to it. I'm getting smokiness on the back end rather than in the drink entirely. Like my throat's got like a, I don't know, like I just smoked a cigar type mm-hmm. of vibe to it, you know? And I love a good stogie. 
Um, so this is interesting. I don't think this is, I am happy to finish this. I don't think this is a drink I will make every single night. I may go back to this and kind of refine the recipe. Maybe I'll add a little bit of this beef sting to it, but I definitely need to change things up, but it is interesting and it is fun. There are, like Steven said, there are so many things you can do to it. And I just think it looks really classy. I did two orange peels. I made them into like an X and I put the cherry like right smack dab in the middle. Can't really see it, but I just think it looked. Yeah, it's very cool. A big, big part of cocktail making is the garnish. That's where I always get lazy when I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. But adding that wedge of lime or that wedge of orange or whatever, or that little orange yeah. peel on the side really does make the drink. So um, I almost, I wanted to add an orange peel to my margarita, but with the salt rim and the lime, I was like, mm. nah, it's perfect. Don't overdo it. So I added the orange here, but I'm glad I did. Um, I like it. It's good. I think it needs refining and work. Like, you know. Which is the e- fun of everything. cocktail making, honestly. Yeah. Like that's that's what we're saying here is there's no rules. We're not giving you ultimate recipes. We're giving you suggestions. That said, Gabe, I'm going to leave this in your court because I don't really know how I feel about it, to be honest, but... I, I do, I do make a great margarita. I would call it the ultimate margarita. And I didn't make it for this episode because I didn't have all the stuffs. Do you think I should give out the recipe on the microphone? God no! Are you kidding me? Why would you ever do that? Okay, no, keep that secret. Let me just. You want you want the recipe? You gotta like. Let me just delete to... it out of our doc here so you can't even read it. Oh, I can't read it? It's, Hold on. But, I won't say it, but like, let me see. I, here's, here's a tip, though. I won't give the whole recipe out, but here's a helpful tip. When you're rimming your glass, I highly recommend that you put the rock salt in and some powdered ginger and even a little cracked black pepper. Just a little bit. Wow. Mix that up, and that's your rimming mixture. Don't just go plain salt. Throw some ginger on there. It will enhance wow. the. It will make the party interesting. A lot more fun for you. Okay. Okay. You add. Okay. Sunny D. Oh, he's. <laughs> oh, we have to go. Um, <laughs> Bob we, Ross has had the night off. We're not going to do can arts and crafts. Because um, why would we, can, we? We can do label arts and crafts. I've got a fun wolf, so that's I guess a ten out of ten. I don't know. Grand Clearis Coralino. How do you say it? Coralino. It's just a G. Coralino. Um, it's a G for Gabe, so I'll give it a 10. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> We're giving uh, everyone gets 10s. 10s for everybody. What What do you always play? Oh, I know. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the. Oh, I can't find it. I thought we were going to do it. There it is. Okay, we got to get out of here. I was letting you take the reins on that. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing to do. Last call. And before we even get into it, Gabe, he didn't know I was going to do this, but I feel weird because we're doing an episode with no beer on it. Um, So... Since Are you it's cracking a beer right now? Since it's Cinco de Mayo. Oh my uh, god! He's got a corona. Someone help it's, this man. It's a corona light, and uh <laughs> I just I feel weird. It's a, it's a light. Steven's on a diet. <laughs> uh I'm gonna drink it. Oh good. You should chug that. Um 
The only Corona I have in my house. Uh, oh, he hates it. Look at that's it. fucking terrible, man. That's you drink that after your like award winning. Well, you didn't make your margarita, but you drank that after a Kevin Hart margarita. Of course, it's gonna taste bad. This is fucking awful. Why do people? <laughs> oh God! Wow. He just cracked God. it. Oh, that was excellent. Uh, gross. Well, you know, you came I'm to the. I'm so glad you did that. You came so, to the craft. Okay. Yeah, so if you came, if you came for beer, we covered it. <laughs> we got you covered. <laughs> There's your Mexican cerveza. Gross. All right, we're going to talk about some other terrible <laughs> beer, real quick. Which is, you may have heard this story. Um, Miller High Life is also known in this country as the quote unquote champagne of beers. What you oh. may not know about the word champagne is that in some parts of the world, namely um, Belgium, where they make, or I guess France, where they make champagne, but, but Belgium was the country this happened in. Yeah, I guess. So the EU in parts of the EU, they take the word champagne seriously and they don't just throw it around willy nilly. And so some dude was trying to, import a shipment of 2,352 cans of Miller High Life. And it got to Belgium, the the Belgian customs agents, and they confiscated it because you can't put the word champagne on something unless it comes from the champagne region of of France. Mm -hmm. And not only did they confiscate it, they then proceeded to crush and destroy all of the cans. (laughs) Because... Let's. We heard from him once. Let's hear from him again. Give me a hell yeah! Amazing. It's they said we'll see your shitty beer and we'll raise you a dumping it all out. <laughs> I just love that they take it that seriously, and I wanted to talk about it briefly on the hop. I heard this story all over the place. I heard this on major news outlets uh, because it's just sort of unbelievable, but it's beautiful that they were like, no, this is not champagne. You cannot advertise it as champagne. You can't even make it champagne adjacent. Uh, we're going to crush crush your cans, sir. Apparently, the guy who imported it took it with a sense of humor. Uh, he wasn't angry about it or anything, but um, wow. Who cares if he, even if he was? We would have been like, screw you. We're dumping it out anyway. The best part of this whole thing is if you look at the article, uh, which is on AP News, um, if you watch the video, the best part is at the very end when the like cellar door opens and just all these crushed empty beer cans just start falling over on each other. It's like art in a way. They made it very clear that uh, they were environmentally conscious in the destruction of the cans, which I appreciated. Gabe and I have had our fair share of Miller High Life. Uh, we, in a younger life, used to use it to play Kings a lot. And oh, yeah. It's a good, I will say, it's a good Kings beer. The thing is that when you're 19 <laughs> or Steven, 21. You can say it. You can when say it. When, when you're 14, you can say it. When you're young, they sell 30 racks for like 18 bucks and you know that that deal is undeniable what am i to you, do you take that chores allowance money you <laughs> you get your 21 year old brother and you say go get me the shitty beer because that's all i can afford and then you get your pals together 
and you play Kings, you play Flip Cup, you play beer pong, you play games, and you have a grand old time. And then you wake up the next morning on the front lawn and you say, how did I get here? Oh, yeah. But because you're 21, you bounce up and by 10 a.m. you're at the gym. Good to go. Not a care in the world. Yeah. Those hangovers don't heal the same way anymore. Um, Oh, no. God, no. And uh, Steven just celebrated a birthday. I did. I did. You're old as shit. So <laughs> I'm sure those hangovers are not fun anymore. Um, and even for me, though, like, it's not like fun and cute to be hungover anymore. Now it's just like, I want to die. I hate everyone. Don't talk to me. Well, and it takes forever. That's that's the bigger problem. Is yeah. It's like, it's it like 6 p.m. and you're still like, God damn it, dude. Like, just. I, yeah. I, yeah, you don't you don't want to end up in that situation, so don't. And part of the way you can do that is do not put sugar in your margaritas. Do not drink beer from shitty companies. Stay thirsty, my friend. And the old rule, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Also, hydrate. Water. Water does wonders for the old... Dude, uh, all you have to do is chug a thing of water before you go to bed and yeah you might wake up groggy and tired and maybe a mild headache but you're not going to be sick you're going to be slow and then like by like noon you're going to be like all right we're good and, i had a bacon egg and cheese in me we're good to go and water during the day water before you drink yeah hydrate in advance hydrate forward get hydrated ahead of time continue to hydrate during the drinking process boom good to go not so that we know anything about this or anything, but just no, no, God, no. So we're we're short on time, but let me ask you this: I worked in a restaurant in the city, and I had a buddy of mine who was a bartender tell me he he told me a trick, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Apparently, if you take a very tiny slice of butter and eat it just by itself, that coats your stomach and it prevents a hangover. It can be a very tiny piece, but apparently it works. That is gross. Um, (laughs) I have yet to try it. Again, not scientists over here. Maybe there's some reason that the fat soaks up the the sugars and the sucrose and binds with the... I don't know, but... um, I'm not going to be doing that, if I'm honest. Bro, you want to take a shot of butter with me, bro? No. Uh, <laughs> what's that movie with Tim Allen? Wild Hogs. There's like a scene where he's sitting there and he just like chomps it off the stick. Oh just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do I know that? All right, we should snubbed, go. Snubs for the Oscar. <laughs> oh, Cinco de Mayo, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for you know we did another one, and I want to hear the music one more time, so I'm gonna play it again. Uh, Lobos Tequila. Grand Coromino Tequila. Amen. Tequila is a beautiful spirit, and it can do great things. There's many shapes and sizes to it. Find what works for you. I'm going to shut this off now. Uh, that Corona <laughs> is disgusting, and <laughs> that that's all we got. Uh, find your beach, though. We'll be back in two weeks with another fun episode, getting back to our roots. Until then, uh, have fun. Um, Have a margarita for us. Steven drank a Corona.